Hey y'all, it's your girl Cherry Wine, and I'm back for another session of Wine Time. And today I have the pleasure of chopping it up with the author, Mr. Justin Jackson, and a good sis, Elizabeth Roberts, who is the owner of, I'm, I know I'm going to say it wrong, as she told me like three times, but um, is it Ariet? Yes, you got it right. Okay, Ariet Justice Media Group, LLC. Yeah. Okay, period. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing hey. today? We're doing How you doing? Good. Doing real good. Yes. Thank you for having us on. Yes, you know, thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm glad that y'all chose my platform to, you know, kick it with your good sister and get share y'all good news. You know, the books, the the business, I'm here for it all, okay? Okay. So tell my audience about yourself. Where you from? What you do? All right. You wanna go um, first, Liz? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so my name is Elizabeth Roberts. I am originally from Maryland, but right now I reside in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been here for three years, and I love it. Um, I am the owner of Area Justice Media Group, LLC. Um, I started my company. I actually just transitioned. So I started a company called Area Justice Books in July, no, June of 2019. Um, and then, you know, going after, no, 2020, sorry. These years fly by, y'all. Yes. Was it, it goes, goes fast. I think, it, I, actually, it might have been 2019. I'm sorry, one of those years. And, um, uh, I just rebranded myself with the new year because, as everybody knows, 2020 was a traumatic, long year. Um, so I wanted to rebrand myself and also, um, I do like books, um, like publishing packages and, um, everything like I do like editing, interior design, layout, um, covers, ISBN and barcode, copyright. So I have a list of different services, which, um, if anybody's interested, you can DM me on Instagram and we could chop it up and get to business. Um, and, but now, um, because I'm also into film, like I've been doing movies lately, I do book trailers. So I transitioned and rebranded myself as the area justice media group. Cause I'm bringing people on my team. I have a videographer, a graphic designer. I'm looking for a children's illustrator right now. I have actors. So now it's becoming just how they say it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a team to right. make a great business run. You know, like no no business would be here without its employees. Even Walmart. Exactly. Who makes, how's the CEO of Walmart getting money? Because of his employees. If it wasn't for mm -hmm. cashiers and stalkers, it, he wouldn't have no money. Nothing could sell or get done. So every every business needs um a team it takes it takes a team so that's where i'm at right now i just finished writing my first movie um and i have something else in the works that might be coming through so i'm waiting on that but that's another huge deal and yeah i'm just out here doing doing big things uh with books trying to you know books is is extremely it's, it's a hard it's a hard industry especially with me being 26 people my age don't really read we're all visual learners like i grew up on a cell phone and i uh, mm -hmm. uh you know what i'm saying so we're used to visual so trying to get people into that paperback book or something like that that's why i try to rebrand with like trailers and just try to stick out and like cater to my age but also cater to because a lot of my clients are old enough to be my parents so it's like you know what i'm saying i'm trying to <laughs> my mom's not that old you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like my mom's not that old so it's like I i'm trying to trying to do both and that's i would say that's been my biggest struggle trying to stay with millennials but also trying to cater to the people who aren't as kept up with social media and stuff as well so that's a good job of it <laughs> thank you I was, I was just about to say you you make the moves okay thank you <laughs> you making it happen and I'm, I'm sure you just motivated somebody because you just motivated me a little more Absolutely. thank you thank you <laughs> So, so Justin, what you do? With, um, um, uh, I'm from. Uh, I was born in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, raised between Newark and East Orange. Uh, graduated from St. Benedict's Prep uh, in 1999. Uh, went on to culinary school after uh, graduating from St. Benedict's. Uh, worked as a chef for about uh, seven years between a couple different uh, corporate um, places. Um, uh, I became a civil servant um, in 2007. Um, and I am still employed as a civil servant. And um, uh, 
it's always been my dream to write, you know, since I graduated from St. Benedict's Prep. Never really knew what I wanted to write about. Um, uh, you know, it became clear what I wanted to write about uh, maybe uh, three years ago in 2017. And, uh, you know, I never looked back, you know. Um, I felt like uh, writing about fatherhood was something that was kind of near and dear to my heart, you know, after, you know, going through my own struggles, you know, as a father. Uh, and, you know, my dad leaving at an early age, you know, something that stuck with me. And, um, you know, I felt like I needed to, you know, let it out in the form of uh, writing. You know, I feel like writing is a lost art. Um, you know, it's very important. It's an important part of our, uh, the way we live, you know. Um, you know, like Liz said, like books, you know, like like all of it um, is becoming like kind of like a lost, a lost, like art, you know what I mean? Reading books, you know what I mean? And I, I just feel like it's important that we uh, we maintain that that bridge, you know what I mean, and teach our, our youth the same. Absolutely, because I love to read. I'd rather read than watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> and it's to the point where I, too, I just, one book I was reading, and they were, um, at the end of the book, you know how if the publisher is looking for writers, they put it at the end of the mm-hmm. book. So I took it upon myself, and I just submitted um, they wanted four chapters and I submitted I think like five or six because nice. mm-hmm. I just I I always go above and beyond <laughs> mm-hmm. and and they hit me back like with the rest of it so I didn't write a book but I didn't write part two because like you said writing takes so much and um, I just was at a point in my life where I had lost my uncle and there was so much stuff going on I'm like I can't I can't do uh-huh. it but I recently did start writing part two to well, it. So. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so I feel y'all where y'all coming from. It take a lot. So somebody that's writing consistently, I take my hat off to them because it take a lot. And then you got to keep your audience engaged and keep them wanting more. So well, I'm gonna say this. I take my hat I'm off. I'm going to say this. Like writing, man, like sometimes writing will allow you to voice things that you sometimes can't get out like with your words it's a form of therapy man i'm gonna tell you you know when i when i wrote my did this book of father's plight you know just some of the things that i went through and some of the things you know that that you know i went through from my youth things that stuck with me throughout my life um just reliving those moments man just you know putting them down like pen to paper it was emotional but it was it was therapy man you know it helped me get you know some real feelings off you know and uh you know it, it's very important that that we maintain you know what I mean? The importance, you know, we got to keep these kids engaged, man. It's very, very important. You know, like they don't, they don't even teach like cursive writing anymore in schools. Like, how do you expect these kids to sign anything? You know what I mean? If, uh, no, you know, it, it's so crazy you said that, Justin, because I've never learned how to write in cursive. Are you my serious? Grandma, yeah, like my grandma was teaching me in my 20s how to write in cursive. Wow. I never learned. I was embarrassed because when I took the SAT, guess what? They said the essay had to be in cursive. Exactly. And I oh, I'm a fail. Like I can't write in cursive. I'm a, like they, like there, there are books out here where you could uh like with my kids uh there are books like a, a trace book where you can teach them how to yeah. do like the letters and stuff like you know it's only That's a, it's mm-hmm. only a dollar it's only a dollar in a dollar store. Yeah. You know? Yep. I got my son some calligraphy books too because they don't teach that in school no more. Nope. And it, it usually was like a third or fourth grade yes. class. They don't, they don't, they, they don't have them. I guess I'm telling my age because she's 26. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't learn how to write in school either. Hey, so. I'm telling mine too, man. True. <laughs> but it, it's important. They don't even teach them black history or nothing anymore. They don't teach them what we learn. Like they don't even do black history projects no more. And that, that, when I found out when my son came home, like we're not doing black history. I did a Black History Project with him. Yep, and I do the same thing. Like I teach my at home. I said, don't go to school and repeat this stuff because you don't want anything anybody thinking like you just like crazy or militant. You don't want to militant. Yeah, like, you, just, you don't want to yeah, but uh, this is the real. You know what I mean? This is the real. Like you know, I was just teaching my son about uh, uh Lewis Latimer the other day. You know who Lewis Latimer is, right? No. No. Okay, know. Lewis Latimer was uh Thomas Edison's uh African American assistant. You know, he was oh, actually wow. the brains behind everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just didn't have the skin color at the at, at the time of uh, you know, whenever they were around and doing the, the projects or experiments that they were doing. He was the brains behind everything. You know, but he never oh, wow. he never oh, got wow. the recognition that Thomas uh, Edison got. Yep. <laughs> and they all they that's the type of shit that they uh-huh. do to us. They still doing they still yep. doing it to us. Mm-hmm. 
but you know that's another topic for another freaking day because we could go on and on about what happened on January 6th because I'm still <laughs> yeah, what the fuck yep. <laughs> I'm still like what the fuck is yeah, going on here but crazy. yeah, you know. and me being from DC my phone was blowing up like my friends were stuck up there they had a curfew it was just a, it was just a lot going on and that's the one thing being from DC I remember when 9-11 happened I was in school and we literally I remember hiding under desks mm-hmm. and then um then they took us outside. Our parents had to come get us. Um, I know a couple of people that were in the crashes. They literally just flew stuff because, you know, they hit D.C. and New York. Yeah. And it was just crazy. Um, there's a lot of people who died at the Pentagon in D.C. Mm-hmm. Like some of my parents. I mean, that day was her. That's the only thing. Here's the thing. Living in D.C., when anything political happens, D.C. has to be worried. We had to shut down everything. It's a dangerous city to live in when it comes to politics because that's the first thing they hit. Why? Because of the White House. Mm-hmm. That's what the president mm-hmm. lives. So we are a target. It's like go to D.C. Go to D.C. You want to get something done? You want to prove a point? They're going to go to D.C. And so the people who actually just live in D.C., like I've I've seen the White House a million times, been to all the museums and stuff like that. So it's like we just live there just to live there, just because we enjoy it. We can't even. I mean, that aspect of it kind of makes it suck. You know what I'm saying? Because we have to be worried about someone trying to come into a store up in D.C. and shoot it up or something because they mad at Trump. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's it's dangerous. It's not. Um, it's a beautiful city, but especially the people who live close to the to the White House or who live in downtown. It's uh yeah you definitely have to it's definitely like you have to be careful because of the political arguments that go on yeah, up there. I can only imagine. That. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't even enjoy nope. your city. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. That's crazy. Well, since this is you guys' first time on one time, I do little icebreaker questions to get to know you a little bit, but I feel like I already got to know y'all a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um question is name one thing from your bucket list mine mine is pretty simple um right uh i got a big bucket list but i'm gonna go with this one uh i grew up when i was younger i had vertigo so bad i don't know if you guys know what vertigo is but i had it like man i had it horribly to the point where i was even scared to go outside for a while you know uh everything was just like setting off these attacks so um we used to go, you know, to Great Adventure a lot and to the amusement parks, and I never got on a roller coaster. You know what I mean? I did uh, accomplish, you know, something on a bucket list because, uh, you know, I went to Dorney Park with my daughter uh, maybe a couple summers ago, and I got on a roller coaster for the first time. And it was, uh, it might sound boring to y'all, but it, it was amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was but uh, that's, that's one thing off my bucket list that I was able to, to accomplish, something personal, you know. But, I think I think one of mine's will be, and it's not 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 raised or anything. It's something that's normal, but you never know. Um, I think it would be being a mother. Yeah, I would have to say being a mother and getting married. And I, and the reason why I say that um, is because there's a lot of young people out here who don't get a chance to do that. One of my friends passed away, never got a chance to be a father, marry anybody, um, and so that's why I would consider something like that on my bucket list because there are a lot of young people who don't get that chance. Um, and so at this point, the way the world is, it's almost like, why not add that to your bucket list? Um, so yeah, definitely start a family to sum it up. That That's on my bucket list. That's something that I want to achieve um, in life. Oh, see, that's a good one. And let me tell you, it's a great feeling to be a mother and a wife, okay? It is, yeah. It's a great feeling. That, Sometimes, some days you just want to be like, all right, just leave me the hell alone. And the other days it's like, oh, come here. Because I'm I about got... the childbirth part, though. Like, women, we're amazing. Like, when I see what other, because I have a friend, uh, one of my close friends, she's pregnant right now. And when I just see what, like, women have to go through and stuff, it's like, we we are wonderful beings. Like, we create mm-hmm. other human beings. Like, we're just, you know, everybody, think about this. Everyone who's on this earth came from a woman and we get mm-hmm. the and me and you get the uh acknowledgement of being that you know what i'm saying yeah. that that's how powerful we are is that um every man came from a woman <laughs> you know what i'm saying and you know fathers have stuff to do with it too but um we're just as humans we're very powerful very and very strong individuals yeah. might i add because i don't think there's no one stronger than a I'm, I'm gonna just go there. It's nobody stronger than a black woman. I'm sorry. Yeah, mm, I agree. I agree. So, 
So my next question is, what's your biggest turn off? What makes you say, you know, nah, I'm good, love, enjoy? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, um, wow. Uh, I'm just going to say, like, 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 ignorance, man. It's not being, you know, like, just meaning, uh, just not wanting to, like, better yourself, you know, like, people that are, like, kind of stuck in, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, just, just not willing to, like, learn and adapt and adjust and grow, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, it's eternal, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say something along, I was going to say stubbornness is yeah, very, like, unattractive. Oh, like, not being, not being willing to change your perspective or something and just being, you know, straight stubborn, stubborn and not wanting, like he said, better for yourself. Because I know some people who are, who are stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people who are stagnant. They're in the same position they were in when I left D.C. And I've been here three years and they're in the exact same. Nothing has changed. And I look at how much I've evolved and I'm like, wow, like people have to really have like un- a lack of mo- a lack of ambition and motivation yeah. to be mm-hmm. like that for years. I'm not the same person I was last week. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, you're supposed to change. I learned something yeah, new every like, day. Exactly. Like I made <laughs> a post the other day. Uh-huh. And I had said something in the post where I said, you know, when one door closes, blaze through more. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, you can't that, stay, yeah. like, you can't let, like, a certain situation put you in a rut. And it's okay to, you know, get emotional about it. But again, you know what I mean? Like I say all the time, Liz, you've heard me say it. You know, those moments, you know, they're, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do now? Moment? You know, right. are you going to sink or are you going to swim? <laughs> you know? That's very. Oh, mm-hmm. I could I could say that's definitely one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. I would agree. That's the truth because I hate a lazy person. I'm sorry. Me too. Mm. Amen. Lazy with just just nothing. You just flat out don't yeah. want to do nothing. It is no, hard I, to have friends yeah, like that, exactly, like because it is. I'm sorry to say, but I have friends where like I struggle to have a conversation because it's like I don't, they don't, they don't, I can't talk about business with them. Like it's like I'm sitting around, like they're not equally yoked. It's kind of like I'm struggling to have a conversation. I'm always, I'm almost, and I don't mean to sound rude, but I'm almost dumbing myself down just to have something exactly. in common with and them. And, and I shouldn't have to feel so that. Many way. Levels to that. <laughs> that's yep. when you know. Yeah, and that's that's when you know that you grew. Mm-hmm. That's growth, mm-hmm. and you need to on, change. On the flip yeah. side of that, their friendship, like like I've had friends, friends, man. This guy was supposedly my best friend, you know, and I actually had to fall back from him because he showed me who he was a long time ago, but I never really paid attention, you know. But right, you know, I remember when I first got my first car. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a Chrysler 300, and uh, you know, nice car. You know what I mean? But you know, like when he got his car, you know, I was proud of. Him. Yo, congratulations, I'm happy for you. I don't care if you got a rap or a star, bro. You know? But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when I, I showed him the car, his, his, you know, he's like, oh, I don't even like these. Like, what? <laughs> like, bro, it's not, I said it's yeah. not for you to like. Like, you know, like, and then. Yeah, yeah keep like, that to bro, yourself. Like, just be happy for me. And then, like, the, the, the one thing that kind of, you know, made me really, really pull back was uh, I had a fire. I lost everything in the fire. You know, and um, I um, oh. this was like 2018, and uh, I called my my family, told my family, I called my place of employment, told them, and he was the next person I called. You know, he said he would call me right back, and I hadn't heard from that guy in like nine months, nine or ten months. He didn't call me. You know, I don't want anything from you, bro. Like, you know, like I don't want anything. I'm just, you know, if you told yeah. me that you had a fire, I'm yeah. rushing over there to see if you're all right. You know. Right, just support your friend. Like if that's your friend, yeah, you support it, your that friend. Hurt, man. And, it hurt. You know? It hurt a lot. That's so true. And I'm sure that it changed, did. It our changed my outlook mm-hmm. completely. Because <laughs> when he, right. we, uh... remember, Justin posted something last week. Remember that video I posted, and it said people will. It said something about people will clap for you when yeah. you fail, but be silent. Exactly. When you do something. I it's told something. you, man. Your post, your post gave me life, man. <laughs> yeah. Most of my support comes from people exactly. I don't even know. Like there's, I was I just about to say that where I will post, <laughs> "Hey, I just wrote a movie," or they'll see me on an interview or something. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing at all. I have strangers mm-hmm. that support me. I was just about to say that. I want to say about ninety five percent of my audience is people <laughs> I don't even know. Mm-hmm. 
That's how it is. Like, I've literally had nobody ever promoted me. Like, it costs nothing to share exactly. your Exactly. Like, I don't care if you put it in your story. It's only going to be up there for 24 hours if you don't want it on your page. So, please. But share it. People watch stories. I mean, word of mouth. Yeah. Like, you know, cop some merch, wear it. You know, even just because that's your people. But I'm telling you, the people I never even seen a day of my support. life. Yeah, and that's how I feel I feel yeah, like that right way now. more. Me and Elizabeth exactly. have, so we have how long are we talking? Like a half hour about this? And you I was asking you, I asked her. Cause I and you know, I know that she had yeah. been doing her business for a while and she she kind of encouraged me. She said, just keep, you know, keep doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, guess what? They're watching. They may not say nothing, but yeah, they're they watching. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. They definitely are. And the funny thing is that I saw a post the other day and it said something like, um, Nobody would support you until it was popular mm-hmm. to support you or something like mm-hmm. that. It, like it has to be popular. Like because I literally see people underneath these celebrity exactly. comments and posts and stuff like that. But you have not Posting even liked pictures. Post- anything. Posting a celebrity I'm- picture saying, "Oh, they <laughs> like do you notice? Do you, do you notice? Yes, <laughs> yes." Yes. No. Are they going to say thank you? <laughs> and I used to tell people this all the time. A lot of people are caught up in like followers. Like, there's someone that can have, let's say, 98,000 followers. But if they're mm-hmm. in the hospital on their de- deathbed, guess who's going to be there? Probably exactly. one or two people. And that's mm-hmm. about it. They're not really, you know, people get so caught up in like what the social media thinks of them and stuff like that. But in the, the day, when something actually happens to you, them people that you cut off when you blow up or you're not talking to, those are the people that you're going to be calling the people who would have mm-hmm. actually been there for you. But people don't yeah. say that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just crazy because that's the world that we live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's not it's not just us, it's other people. Like, I communicate with other people on a daily basis, not even from New Jersey or the surrounding states. And they go through the same thing. Like, in their own city, like, people in their own city will not mm-hmm. support them. Nope. People in their own family will not support them. And it's crazy. Because here I am thinking, like, oh, you know, it's just me. No, it's everybody. Yep. It's everybody. So I don't feel no way about it. I just do it for the or people they, they, who are. They'll, they'll exactly. support, but they'll That's support how... you for the wrong reasons. Like, I always say, like, a helping hand could be a gossiping mouth. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you got to Let me find out. My grandmother used oh, to yeah, say right. that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I came up with that on my own. Like, that just came from my experiences, man. You know? Nah, that's just some wise, that's yeah. some wise shit, though. That is it true. Is. My grandmother used to say when she would get mad at people, or if I tell people, like, I used to come home crying because I used to get bullied. She was like, tell them, go to grass and eat melon oh, wow. sacks. I got to use that. That was her thing. <laughs> oh, I got to use that. used to always say that. <laughs> <laughs> For real. All those little old sayings mean something, and then you hear them now when you're an adult, and it's yeah. like, oh, that's what she We see it firsthand yeah. now. We've seen it firsthand <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope. So, um, this season, I'm doing shady shit of the week. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. ready. And, well, yeah, I think y'all. Um, I think I, I think y'all already know I'm about to go with this. <laughs> no, okay, no. I know. Uh, with it. Hey, well, take, well, take to it all there. the Trump supporters out there. You know, y'all did what y'all did. Stormed the Capitol and was proud of it. And doing all that, you know, stuff y'all did. To now to ask for pardon. Are you guys serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I, I'm going to go as far as saying America, too. Like, you know, because some of these people are going to get off. <laughs> you know, just looking at some of the charges that they're getting, they're not even mm-hmm. the right charges. You know, they're, they're lesser charges already. So my shady shit of the mm-hmm. week is definitely, uh, you know, what's going on in the world today. You know, with, with, with everything that's happening, everything that happened on the 6th. It's just crazy, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I would have to say my shady shit of the week is uh, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Park. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is because I've been seeing so much shade. Like, my friend thinks that, like, uh, she paid him to um, date her. What? And I'm like, well, I don't don't know. 
like put two and two together because she she does she 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 don't been around you know what i'm saying she don't been around but and i just wonder how like her her parents feel about it because they just i don't know i don't know but it's been a lot of shade thrown at michael b jordan like what are you doing <laughs> yeah because this came out left field we never seen michael with one woman and with he nobody with you know he pop up with Lori. Let me tell you something. My daughter is 21 years old and wow. she is devastated. You hear me? <laughs> she was like, Ma, I don't even want to talk about it. Please don't even bring it up. <laughs> don't even bring it up. So, because she's like, you know, you never seen Michael B. Jordan with no female ever. Ever. And then he pop up with love. I don't, I don't, I don't. But what? She was just with future, like, not too around the corner ago. That's why I'm so. so she's been with a, she been with a couple people, really all right? Care because and the son, yeah, Diddy and his son, right? Puffy and the son, yeah, that's crazy, yo. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like that, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 She done been around a block, and then she only just turned twenty four. Like sis, you she need to come get my best life, man. Yeah. She... <laughs> yeah, in the media's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> my my grandmother would have been like, she's the slut back She's flashing her shit all Is around the town. About um, Rihanna and Travis Scott, I think they're really dating now too because they've been a couple a couple pictures. Wow. Of, yeah, I seen them on the shade room. Uh, I saw I saw them on the shade room, uh-huh. looking really, really, really booed up. Uh huh, uh huh. And so I I saw that too. And so that's uh yeah, that's very really interesting. <laughs> It oh. is. Well, listen. If, right. if they like it, we gotta love yep. it. Yep. Listen, I'm here for it, man. If that's what they want to do, but Michael B. Joy and Blink twice <laughs> if you need to use their pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guys are. Are you with the shits? Cause they are. They are. Make sure to tune into Ladies Pitch with Haley. With a new episode every Monday. Monday. Also, follow on Instagram at Ladies Pitch and Twitter at Pitch718. We'll see you there. I already know I am talking to an author and a publisher. So, we're going to get into today's topic, which is Justin's book, A Father's Plight. Yes, ma'am. So, Justin. Tell us a little about yeah, Father's Plight is uh, basically my heart and soul, man. I pour my heart and my soul out, you know, <laughs> on the pages, man. Uh, uh, it's a story about adversity, man. Um, the adversities that, that we go through as men and fathers that we, you know, sometimes or a lot of the time don't talk about. You know, this is just me telling my story in hopes that other men can find their fight and to find their voices, man. Um, uh, I always say uh, we have similar struggles and different stories. So for me to tell my story, you know, like I know that there are other men out there that can relate, you know, to, uh, you know, what I'm talking about. You know, um, it's all about maintaining those relationships with your children at any cost. You know, despite, you know, the hand that life may Mm -hmm. deal you, we have to maintain those relationships. It's very, very important. Absolutely. So, um, a father's plight is the yes. first of a three book series. When I'm actually working on it right to... now, um, I can't really give a solid date. All I can say is that you know it's in the works and it's coming. But uh, I'm I'm working my hardest to try to get it out out there as soon as humanly uh, possible. This is so dope because I feel like. Fathers that are present in their children's life don't get enough credit. I agree. Mm-hmm. Because we're so caught up in the deadbeat dad that we don't recognize mm-hmm. and notice the good ones. It's really something with fathers Absolutely. out here that have custody of their children. Mm-hmm. And the children live with them 24-7 and the mama is the deadbeat or the good-for-nothing one. Like We don't talk about the mothers yeah. that's good-for-nothing. We only talk about the fathers that's good for nothing. Is, too, you it have a lot of fathers like out here that, that want to be a part of their, their, their kids' life, you know, but 
given, you know, certain circumstances, like I always say, and I'm going to continue to say, there are levels to everything, like relationships, uh, love, the different types of love, different levels to love, and uh, every situation, you know what I mean? But, you know, uh, any given situation can change, you know, anything, like drastically, like a person's feelings or, you know, like you never know how a person's going to react to, you know, anything, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, going forward, you know, with the next two books, we're going to kind of delve into those type of topics, you know, like, the, like the, 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 right. the, the first book is what it is. The second book is going to be along the lines of this, but it's going to be a little different. And the third book is going to be, you know, another topic, but under this umbrella of fatherhood, you understand? Like it's all going to connect, right? you know? Mm-hmm. And it's sad because I feel like dead automatically like associated with a black man um but Mm -hmm. how prominent is it in like a white community that they're there i watch teen mom and there's a there's a lot of white deadbeat fathers who do but we don't talk about that i've seen asian deadbeat fathers but we don't talk about that it's just automatically assumed that the only Mm -hmm. deadbeats are black men and that and that and that's crazy that we're 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 raised to think that way or or we see it on social media they don't never show you know they call us ghetto but what what do they Mm -hmm. i mean they call us ghetto right and and i'm sorry i hope Mm -hmm. i'm not pushing it too far they call us ghetto and talk about where we live but what what is a white person on cracking a trailer park is that not like white trash? Is that not ghetto? Is that not you know what I'm saying? And and they love, and I'm sorry, but white women love to be with our men, but they don't like our culture. You oh, no, love they love our culture too. They just don't admit it. They, they, they love our culture. You know. They love it. Love yeah, they love it. They love they they yeah. hate the oh, black woman, they but they want to look every, like the uh, black woman exactly. every week. <laughs> And they exactly. go and they go get their butt done and they chest done. Yeah, it's, it's 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 almost like it's crazy that that's not even like seen um that much in on television and things like that. And I always say this too, like kids uh going back to like what happened at the White House, so kids don't know color. Absolutely. Like kids are taught that. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one time I was getting on a, a roller coaster. Me and my brother were standing in line to get on a roller coaster, and um these two white boys came up behind us well they cut in front of us and one of them said oh we supposed to be behind them like we just cut in line he said the other boy tapped him he said no we're allowed to do that because they're black and they cut it and you know what i just let it go but yeah they he was told that he's allowed to butt in front of us in line Mm -hmm. i mean but they're kids like they were like seven or eight in that that, situation i'm sorry i mean Oh no no no! You're fine. It, it's just it's just crazy that I'm like kids don't know color. They're taught that they don't see nothing. You go yeah. to a kindergarten class. I used to have me a little white boyfriend in in, in kindergarten. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't know. They don't know nothing. They're taught that at home. It's yeah, it's very where I was uh, staying in a hotel with my family at one point, and um, you know, I went downstairs. Like I like to smoke cigars, so I went downstairs to have a cigar, and I forgot my key. So it was me, and it was a white guy standing there. He was smoking a cigarette. My cigar, yeah, came down after me. I finished my cigar, and he was still smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, damn, I forgot my key. So he's like, are you staying here? Like, questioning me. No, questioning me. I said, of course. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't staying. So he opened the door for me. (laughs) So after he opened the door, this guy had the audacity to say to me, yeah, just don't go in there and rob anybody. I said, what? Oh. <laughs> so I immediately, I said, listen, man, I said, I work just like you. I paid my money just like you. And I pulled off my, my badge and I showed him my badge. And he looked so stupid. I said, next time, think about what you say. I wanted to deck him in his mouth, mm-hmm. but then I would be the bad guy. You know, <laughs> uh, I said, right. I said, I said, yeah, before you open your mouth, think about the dumb shit that's going to come out of it before you speak. You know, this guy could not stop apologizing. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't want you to apologize. I said, just keep your mouth shut next time. If you're going to do something, just do it. You know, like leave all that other stuff, you know, keep it to yourself. Amen. Yeah, because that white privilege is something else, I'm telling you. They take that, they live by that shit. They take that shit so serious that they even teaching it to their kids that's yeah, cutting in front crazy. of people at Six Flags. That's insane, Liz. That, that, that's crazy. <laughs> 
it's the it's the life we live in, and they they continue to judge us and everything. I have four kids, and with the same man I've been with since high school, we are married. And sometimes, like when you go to these schools and you're talking to these people, they automatically think that your urban mm-hmm. child is from a single parent home. I can't tell you how many people I had to tell off so many times at, 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 at the Board of Education and school because of this reason. Like, you don't just get to judge a child based off of their color or their skin. I agree. And you automatically think that, oh, um, the parent don't care and, you know, there's no dad in the home and stuff like that or no dad present, period. Like, you can't just automatically do that to the people and these kids is like experiencing this still to this day and it's it's sad we shouldn't still have to be going through this today it's sad it's really sad so do you feel like a child can be affected by their parents relationship we just had about about this on clubhouse absolutely you know what i mean like uh (laughs) like i still always say i'm gonna quote it again if i was flight volume three coming coming soon but um uh Yes, definitely. I'm kind of going through something like that right now where, you know, I've ended a relationship and, um, you know, this person, you know, is uh, not to give too much away, but, you know, like I'm fighting right now. I'm going to say that, you know what I mean? Because they don't like the fact that things have to end because of toxic, you know, behaviors on a certain person's part, you know, and uh, they immediately want to, oh, well, you're not going to see such and such, you know, like it's crazy, you know, like, you know, like, so, Aww. you know, uh, definitely. Well, I'm, so- it's all right, I'm sorry. I, that I know how to, to go handle that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I but... know exactly what I need to do and I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But at the end, at the end of the day, the kid is suffering. When you try to hurt the parent, you're not hurting the parent. You're hurting the but, child. Exactly. Like we said in the room, exactly. Liz, like it's a certain level of maturity that comes with that. But not everybody. There are more people yeah. that are not mature enough, from what I see. You know what I mean? That are, you know, and they handle these situations the wrong way. Like you, you create, you create situations. Yeah. There's a quote where uh, it says, "People create their own storms." And then they get upset when it rains or whatever, something like that, you know. But uh, you you can't just walk mm-hmm. around being a certain way, like you know, we're we're grown as as adults. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy because everybody in the in that room uh, said maturity, like from the beginning when we first started all the way to the end. Everyone will say it takes a certain level of maturity. And in 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 multiple rooms that we have done, um, everyone has chopped it up to you just have to be mature. Like we're grown at the end of the day. These kids, you know, they're children. Like adults, mm-hmm. there's some adults that act more like kids. I've seen it on reality shows, although I know a lot of them are staged, and even in person where the adults mm-hmm. act more like kids than the kids do. And it, that's the thing that too. I feel like a lot sad. of these reality shows. Like, yeah. I hate to say it. I don't know if you guys are fans, but a lot of these reality shows have people like like uh, their their mental like you know like jacked up. I feel like sometimes, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they'll start off one way, and by the time the TV yeah. monsters gonna got like, them, they end up another way. So I feel, I mean, I, you know, but you know, I feel like I feel like I feel like you know, I his mom, like it, it should come like with a. <laughs> A certain like people have to understand the the, the difference between TV and, and real life. You can't emulate the stuff you see on TV into your life because then it's affecting your your household in a negative way. You know, and I, I've I seen agree. it firsthand, mm-hmm. firsthand. Mm-hmm. Bad girl club, bad girl club, bad girl club, bad girl club. Like turn yeah. this shit off. <laughs> like what, this is your problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our black TV shows picked us as bad too, and it's sad because I hate when the same people out there screaming like Black Lives Matter and stuff are the same people that I'm. I, I'm gonna be honest. I think us black people tear each other down. We you do. know what I'm saying? Like I absolutely, especially us black, women, us black women. As soon as something happens, especially over a man, we're coming at each other's throats. Or, you know, yep. I, I've been driving one time and like uh or accidentally bump into someone and a white person will say, Oh no, you're fine, and a black person will be like, F you. Like we're the first mm-hmm. one to like jump down each other's throats and be angry at each other, but yet we're the same people screaming Black Lives Matter and I'ma take it there. We're the exactly. same people out here killing each other. 
Black mm-hmm. people are being killed. Black people are yeah. mostly killed by other black people. That's the crazy thing about it. Mm-hmm. You talk like y'all screaming Black Lives Matter, but then yet if if the lives matter, why y'all can't each other over five dollars over a dice game over a mm-hmm. pair of shoes? Like it, it's very it's it's just sad. I've recently lost a friend. I actually lost a friend last year who got killed. It's just kind of like yeah, if Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives gotta mm-hmm. matter to Black people first. They're not yeah, gonna take right. that seriously. That too. We gotta, we gotta start changing mm-hmm. from within. You know, from within our own community. Yeah, we gotta value <laughs> yeah. Each other. How, how, how can we exactly. expect them to value us because... if we don't value each other? You know, exactly. absolutely. Because it's okay for us to do it yeah. to each other, but when somebody else does, we gotta fight. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so we in order to do right. better, we got to do better. I agree. In, or, in order for the country or us or every other race to do better with exactly. us, we have to do better with us first. Mm-hmm. We the first ones to tear each other down and say something negative when a, when yep. we post something and we're the first ones to tear each other. Like I've had someone tell me, oh, well, I try to, I, I wanted to use a black company, but this is why I don't use them because y'all are like this and y'all are like that. And I try to give y'all a chance. And it's coming from um, a black person's mouth. And what, it's like, man, wow. I'm, I'm like, happy that I was able to work with you. I told you, man, I'm not going nowhere. You know what I mean? Like I'm telling yeah. you, like the first, the first, <laughs> the first company that I use, is this, uh, you know, the cover of my book is uh, each one of the covers is going to uh, depict me and one of my children as babies, you know. And um, when uh, I was, you know, using this company, Aww. you know, in eight, uh, first, I submitted the picture that I wanted to use that is now the book cover. And uh, they told me it wouldn't work. You know, they said, oh, the picture is black and white. It's going to be too grainy. And, you know, uh, it just wouldn't work. And I told Liz before, I said, I felt like duck on the five heartbeats, man. You know what I mean? When they uh, gave him his album cover, I don't know if you ever seen the Five Heartbeats, but uh, yeah, that's how. That, yeah. yeah, that's how it made yeah, me feel. Yeah, man. that's my movie. You know, like, I was like, wow. So I just I pulled back, and uh, I was patient, and I was able to, to to find Liz through another one of her writers, and, and friend of mine. Shout out to Shante. Um, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I'm happy. I'm happy. Like her business is amazing. Anybody wants to write, please, you know, uh, find Harriet Justice Books or Harriet, Harriet Justice Media LLC on Instagram and uh, DM. Thank you. <laughs> that speak volumes about you, Miss Lee. Thank you. Okay. He is up here. He got hey, me right yeah, release it. Hey, I'm telling yes. you, man. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Or these like, yes, girl, you can and do the, it, right the thing that, that I love is like we have a like there's not one day that goes by that we have not talked. <laughs> we talk every day, you know, and that's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, see, so it's not just business, yeah. y'all creating it. It's crazy because people ask me, they say, um, you know, like, like, well, once my book, I had another client ask me, well, once my book is done, is that it? Like, you just stop talking to me? I'm like, no, I talk to everybody. Like, I talk to uh, Shantae a lot, and even, I've been sending, like, Shantae some business, like, if it's something that, I'm, I'm, I'm building, like, a team. Like, if it's something that one person knows how to do, like, I even had Justin talk to one of my friends who's going through something. Like, mm-hmm. we're all here to help each yep. other, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, I have a friend going through something right now. I'm like, Justin, can you talk to him, you know what I'm saying, and, and mentor him and different and things like that so it's like we're all part of like building each other up outside of just mm-hmm. doing business it's like all having a, a vision yeah that's what's up that's, that's right. it you're creating a whole yeah. squad <laughs> and building friendships and relationships as you go along and that's how you do business like you gotta have a team that you should that you could be able to trust exactly exactly <laughs> so I, kudos to y'all, okay? I feel like the routine, I feel, y'all vibe make me feel like y'all been talking <laughs> that's to y'all. Like, yeah, that's what's up, that's what's up, man. Already. <laughs> you yeah. see, and that, that's how you know that y'all good people. Yes, how long have you been doing your um podcast? Oh, nice. I'm nice. on my third oh, year. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. I'm on my third year. This is season three. I actually started off with two co-hosts, but now as of last April, Nice. I've been so little dolo, and I've been loving it. I, I actually love it more now because I can just right. move how I want to mm-hmm. move. I can talk, you know, different. I could record when I want to record. I could talk about different topics to different people. Like normally, I talk about sex, love, relationships, 
what's going on in the current um media right now, hot topics and stuff like that. But um Yah is the second duo that I recorded with okay. that right in public. Oh yeah. Yep. Shout out to Kahawia because that's my good sister. She just started podcasting too. She's a nice. writer that turned into podcast. Oh wow. Yep. So you get to really meet a lot of dope people doing podcasts. Yeah, I have a podcast as well called The Area Edition Show. I'm on Spotify, Apple. She, she, wears, she wears many you. hats. Man. She yeah. wears many hats. Like she, yeah. she, I she, see. She's, she's awesome, I man. see. See. She's a, she's a powerhouse. I see. Y'all gonna have, <laughs> we're gonna have to exchange information. Yes, of course. Of course. I want to tag all of y'all pages, everything okay. that people can find you. I need oh, all. yes. Thank you so much. So my last question, well, it's a little snippet from the book that I um, highlighted and it spoke to me because I came from a single parent home. So, so um, there's a line that caught my attention and it says, always remember the richest moments have nothing to do with money or financial prominence. And I couldn't agree more because some people think that what you get your kid, the hottest this and the latest that, that means the something to them, the but time. it's the memory and the time that you yeah. spend with them, like that stick with them throughout uh, their life. Just and things that I miss with my own father. I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, you know, my son, my son has it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has everything material that you can really think about. Like we, you know, what we do, but uh, it's the moments where me and him actually bond. Like we sit down. Like yesterday, we. Took in the football games, you're teaching them the, 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 the ropes of football, taking them to the park, playing that game of catch with him. That's stuff that me and my brother had to do ourselves with each other. Like we had our uncles. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they never really took the time to, to mm. like catch with us like that. But, you know, they took us places and did things. Like my father wasn't around. But uh, those moments, man, just the barbershop trips, uh, the little things, man, like they mean the most. And it has nothing to do with money. It's the time that you take with your child and the things mm-hmm. that you instill in them that they'll always remember and walk their path with. I totally Yeah, I totally agree. Because like I said, I was raised in a single parent home. My father wasn't very present. And I believe that him not being there has mm-hmm. affected my adult mm-hmm. life a little bit. So, being that you said that your father wasn't present either, do you feel like it affected your life? What was the positive outcome the of things it that hurt, what the most hurt you the most? Was, uh, in my youth, seeing my mom cry, you know, uh, when we would always ask her why things were a certain way, like why, you know, we would see my mother on Friday with a handful of money, you know what I mean, not knowing like, yeah, she just got paid, and we're asking, Mommy, can I get this? Can I get that? And she's saying, no, I don't have any money. All we see is that money in her hand, not knowing that that money is going towards keeping our lights on, paying the rent. You know, that money's already accounted, you know, but we don't understand that. I understand mm-hmm. that now. So the things that we came through in our youth, I would say that that was the negativity of it all. But the beauty in all of that, like I always say, I said it in the book, that there's so much knowledge deeply rooted in struggle it taught me everything it gave me so much strength you know what i mean in my adult life that's the the the, the positive of it all because it taught me everything that i needed to be as a man to my own children and it gave me like you know like strength strength that i didn't know that i would have at my age now to carry on and do certain things you understand and and I will say that like the way that you're raised definitely depicts who you are in uh relationships um too as well because I was raised uh when my mom being a famous author like when she would go on tour and stuff you know it was like she bought us gifts and stuff to kind of make up for like you buy us gifts and it's like all right I'm I'll be gone for six months and I used to cry so bad because I didn't understand you know now I understand she was doing that to make a living and stuff like that and make me the woman who I am today but you know a little yeah. kid doesn't understand that and so it was like I grew up you know getting in relationships and buying 
my my boyfriend's like gifts like that's how I show that's how I show love because that's mm-hmm. how I was shown love and I realized mm-hmm. that you can do all of that for someone and that doesn't mean they're going to appreciate you anymore that doesn't mean they're going to stick around mm-hmm. treat you any better or anything like that so I had to realize okay spending all your money and stuff like that and buying people gifts does not does not you're giving mm-hmm. more than you're getting um and but that's mm-hmm. how I grew up thinking love was was that obviously I knew you know my mom loved me but that's how she showed it because mm-hmm. she couldn't be there um so she showed it by mm-hmm. like just buying us yeah. a whole bunch of stuff like we didn't even have like me and my brothers for mm-hmm. Christmas we each had our own room full of gifts like it wasn't like all of us was in the it was it couldn't even fit under a tree freak a tree we had a room like my room was filled with gifts my brother had a separate room it was like that's how you know what I'm saying and it was like okay this is how mommy shows that she loves us and then it's like okay well I gotta go to LA for a couple months and it still used to make me cry but it did ease the pain a little bit by getting gifts you know what I'm saying but then growing up I realized that like that's not and I always ask myself like if I became famous and had kids like I wonder how like Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade do it. They're both they're both famous. Like when he's gone for months in the NBA and then she's acting. You know, I always wonder like how and people say like why did Gabrielle Union and why do like Rihanna not have any kids yet and stuff like that. But this might be why they don't because they understand that like mm-hmm. you know they say oh well people start late yeah. but this is why they may uh-huh. have started late. You know what I'm saying? Like people bash Gabrielle Union for not being able to have kids and getting like a surrogate but she started real late because she was focused on her career and that's mm-hmm. kind of like the toss mm-hmm. up you, you do when you and become famous like the money's good but are you giving yeah, up and, a and family to that point also like uh, you know and, I feel like, like we've gotten away from we've talked about this before too Liz about it taking a village you know to raise a child like, there's truth to that you know what I mean there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of truth to that you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you you uh you miss your mom yeah, or you miss is. your dad, but you know, like uh when my dad left, like we had my grandparents, man. Like we moved right over my grandparents and um right. you know, my uncles were there, my aunts were there, like we had so many people, you know what I mean? But at the, at the end of the day we were still missing, you know, our father, you know what I mean? But uh kinda like a like a like again, a gift and a curse type of thing, you know. Like it's a gift and a curse in, in ways. Mm-hmm. It is, and I can relate to both of you guys when I think I was like five when my mom and my dad separated and my grandparents yeah. stepped in. My mother was at work. My grandmother took me to school. My grandfather yeah. picked me up. Like, everybody, you know, was hands-on with it. And, like, when my dad left, my mother had to work three jobs. So it was a lot of stuff that she missed. I played basketball. I ran track. She never came to a game. She never came to a meet or anything. So how I was raised affected me a lot negatively, but it made me the person I am today. I never missed a mm-hmm. basketball game any of my mm-hmm. kids played. Any any job I had, listen, basketball season, I'm out of here at this time because I'm not missing nothing because it, it it's a different type of feeling to look in the stands yep. and don't see your people up there. You know what I mean? And you giving it your all, you know, like it's not something that you want to do. Like it's not necessarily something that you have to do. You want to, you enjoying this. And I got trophies and medals and shit. And I was just getting my stuff and my mother was yeah. not there. My father was not there. <laughs> and the fact that my father wasn't there for me now as a grown woman, I'm with someone that I know that I didn't want for my kids. I didn't want my father for my kids. You know what I mean? So they have a father that's been here from day one, from the time Mm -hmm. that I got pregnant to to now. We are are grandparents together. Yes. My my father could my mother could not experience that with my father. And and I think that um, mothers who like push the father out of their children's lives don't understand that it's not personal it's about the kids you're mad because he got a new woman or you're mad because he don't Mm want to be with you they don't understand how pushing by pushing him out of um the children's lives is not it's not it's affecting the kids i mean you're being bitter and stuff like that they don't understand how much it's affecting the kids because they're gonna grow up like my daddy wasn't there and they resent the father thinking that the father didn't want to be there when in reality the mother sitting yep. there texting the father like, "You pull up to this basketball game, I have my boyfriend beat you up. Call the cops." Yeah, but that's why that. we got to take it upon you know ourselves as men. Yeah, you know, shut all of that down. 
know what I'm saying? Shut it down. Let her be how mm-hmm. she is. Take yep. your ass to the courthouse. Fill out whatever you got to fill out. Yep. Fight for your yep. kid that way. You know what I'm saying? Keep the apply pressure, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Apply pressure. Make sure you send that money every week when it when it yep. when uh you know you're not seeing your kid. Send the money every week. Cause then that's gonna look negatively on her. Okay, he's sending money, you know, for his child. He left you for your behavior. Yeah. You know, he's sending money to his child. Why are you not allowing this man to see his child? Yeah. You understand? Like what's mm-hmm. yep. And then so, she's she gonna look so, crazy. Always say apply pressure. And then you got you got some you you got some mothers that won't even let them yep. see the kid if, if he and not that, paying. That. And then you have here yeah, you are not, paying and, 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 you and don't still realize, can't like the only person that you're hurting is that child. You know. Yeah, because at the end of the day, when a child is like, I can't tell you how many times I've thought to myself that it was yeah. me. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's me, and you don't want to have your child yep. feeling. That I, I felt that way too. I felt that way too. It's not a good. And I'm gonna feeling. tell you, my dad. It's not my, a good. My dad feeling. went as far as and you day, know. He came. He came to my graduation when I graduated from Benedict, and um, you know, like I said, he left us. He told my mother, "This is these are words that came out of his mouth," and multiple people have told me this, <laughs> so I believe it. That uh, we just didn't fit his lifestyle anymore. You know, um, <laughs> crazy, right? Oh, <laughs> but um, you know, he went. He moved to California. Oh. You know, married a, uh, I don't have nothing against it. I've dated outside my race, but married, you know, he married outside his race, married a, a white woman and, uh, you know, had a, a mixed child and adopted another mixed child. And, um, you know, he came to my graduation years later, uh, brought a stack of pictures with him, stack of pictures. And um, like I told you, we struggled with my mom. We struggled. You know, lights, lights off, you know, like she, she worked and she bust her ass the best she could. But, you know, uh, you know, it it was hard, you know, uh, when she finally, when we finally branched away from my grandparents. Um, and uh, my dad bought a stack of pictures with him, you know, pictures of his house, pictures of him holding his new kids, and the, the swimming pool, you know, and the boat and just like that. Like, what the hell makes you think I want to see this? Like, what are you, like, rubbing it in, man? Like, <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was crazy, man. It hurt, you know what I mean? But again, all of that played into who I am and why I do the things that I do right now, you know, and why I feel like this this, this topic is important. We need to, you know, this is definitely something that needs to be talked about because a lot of men go through it. A lot of women can relate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it needs to, it needs to be heard. And I'm glad you're the one telling it and sharing your experience throughout the process. And shout out to you, Elizabeth, for getting out there for us. (laughs) I'm telling you, I see. She she (laughs) She (laughs) (laughs) So, I appreciate y'all for coming on my show today. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sure people are going to want more information from you guys. So now is the time for you to tell the audience everything about you, where to find you, your social media, your website, everything. Alrighty. Um, well, my name once again is Elizabeth Roberts. You can follow me on Instagram at Erie Justice Media Group LLC. The first word is spelled A-R-A-I-T. Think of a princess in a tiara and flip it backwards because that's my middle name. So Tiara, just flip it backwards, and that spells Ariet. Um, you can um, check out my podcast, The Ariet Justice Show, on Spotify, Apple, and rollingout.com. And um, yeah, on Instagram, you can just keep up with the different stuff that I'm doing. And all of my books are on Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Um, so you can go in there and check out my e-books and um, my paperback books. And I also have a few Audible books out on Google Play and Amazon Audible. So um, if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to see um, all of that. And the link to my podcast is in my bio. Okay. And I am Justin Jackson. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under that name. And uh, my Instagram is uh, I underscore am underscore Bernard Jax. That's B-E-R-N-A-R-D-J-A-X. And I also have another page on Instagram. It's called Black Fathers Up, The Movement. You can follow both of those pages. And my book, A Father's Plight, is now on Barnes & Noble, Apple, Amazon, Walmart, and a slew of other uh, uh, platforms. Uh, So... 
Go take a look, purchase, and enjoy the read. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you all so much again. And y'all heard it here first. Y'all know where to go find a book. Follow them. If you are a writer and you feel like you want to get your book yeah. out there, hit Elizabeth up. And that's on period. Justin, make sure when you about to release part two, hit me up so I will. can promote it for Thank you. Absolutely. No problem. So y'all already know Bye. where it is. It's time, and I'm your girl. Until next time. Bye. Yeah, let's pour some cherry wine. Everything's good, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, we bring it every time. Yeah, pour a little cherry wine. Yeah. Hey yo, salam. Yeah, I think they know the time. Everything's good, everything's